0: to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I am here with another album review of, of you know, a disc that is very, very special to me. It's one I remember, you know, pretty far back and have listened to it many, many times. It's one that I continue to enjoy to this day. And I thought, you know, this would be a great album to cover. I covered another Michael Schenker album, Assault Attack, with the wonderful vocalist from the album Graham Bonnet and Bethany Heavenstone, who plays many of those songs in the Grand Bonnet Band. And I thought, you know, it's time to move on to another Michael Shanker album. So here we are talking about Built to Destroy. This album is their fourth. I believe it came that was the next one after Assault Attack. And the lineup on this one is, of course, Michael Shanker on guitar. On vocals, we have Gary Barton. On bass, we have Chris Glenn. On drums, Ted McKenna. And on keyboards, Andy Nye man, Ted McKenna, what a great drummer he was. Just absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to see him perform at Michael Schenker Fest before he passed. Uh, Just a a brilliant, brilliant player, as you will hear on this album. Very creative drummer. He wasn't, you know, wasn't just a guy who made rock beats. I mean, he, he definitely stepped it up and did a lot of cool stuff behind the kit. Um very unique and um Michael I think was really lucky to get him to be a part of this project because he really added uh his own taste to it for sure. Um there are nine songs on this one. One of them, the last one called Walk the Stage. I know there was another name for it. I can't think of what it was now, but there was like the the European version, I think, and the American version had two different names for some reason because it's you know, it's not like it's an offensive one or anything that that you would have to mask in one country or another. I mean, I don't know that that stuff gets really weird to me, or maybe they just decided to change the name. I don't know. In any case, on this version that I have, it is called Walk the Stage. It is the last song on the album, actually a very fitting last song, but we'll get to that at some point. First, let's get to the first song. This one is a rocker. It's a killer song to start your album with, and it is called Rock My Nights Away. this is just a great, upbeat, straightforward rock and roll song. And it's, it's definitely what I call a party song. You know, the end of it just kind of goes on for a while. Gary Barton on vocals just riffs a little bit. Um, It just, it just repeats, but it's a fun repeat and it just goes on through the fade. And it's one of those songs that I really want to, I really want to follow that fade. I don't want the party to end. So to me, That's what I call a party song, not like a party all the time by Eddie Murphy kind of song or something that would be like Plated Party. I'm talking about the song itself being a party inside the song. Um, Great tune. I love the vocal on this. We didn't get to the chorus, but it's a lot of fun. Um, Really passionate vocal from Gary Barden. One thing I have to say that has been very consistent from every single Michael Shanker album I've ever heard is the sound they get in the studio is fantastic. The mix is always great. I've never heard that I can think of, and I've never really analyzed every song, but I can't think of a single song from Michael Shanker that I thought, wow, that was poorly mixed. Not one. Always get a great sound and a great mix. Um, but yeah, this, this song is a great one to kick off the album with. I love that little intro, that guitar slide and, um, the, the delay on that is really nice. And then it just goes in. I love the piano guitar combo for this song. I think it works really well. I don't think an organ would have worked as well for this one, but it's, it's just a killer, killer opening track for a rock and roll album. I mean, if, if nothing else announces that this album is going to be heavy and exciting and dramatic. Um, A song like this will absolutely do that. So it is a great choice to open the album with. And then, as often happens, song two brings it down just a little bit. And this is one of my favorite Michael Shanker songs. This one's called I'm Gonna Make You Mine. Yeah, this is a a great, passionate song. I love the just the intensity of the vocals. You really feel like Gary is singing from his heart and his soul on this one. And that's part of what makes this such a great song. So many times I've listened to this song and I've just, you know, as soon as it's over, I just hit repeat and and go back and listen to it again because I love it that much. I used to love singing along to it when I could sing back in the day, you know, um, this is one that, that I, I remember, I don't remember exactly when I heard it for the first time or when I got it, but it was, it was when we were living in Michigan. So I was still pretty, pretty young. And I know we were there for at least a couple years. We left in 87, this came out in 83. So I had to her- have heard it at least by 85. Cause I, I know like at least the last couple of years that we were there, I was familiar with it. But yeah, this this is just such a great album. It's a great album to listen to in the car. You know, just get on the highway and put this album on and, and enjoy it. Um, there's some great synth work in this one. I I really like, um, Andy Nye's choices on this one. Love the drum sound, how, how snappy and, and yet bottom endy that snare drum is from Ted, very consistent hitter. I'm pretty sure there's a noise gate on that snare, but even still, I mean, he was such a consistent hitter and a great drummer. Love the drum sound he got on this. The kick is just punchy enough for rock. The snares got enough bottom end to it to really thicken it up without being obnoxious. And and it's still got that snap to it, so important for rock drummers. Um, yeah, and, and I mean Michael, he he really plays well on this song too, and, and so does Chris Glein on bass. I mean, it's just a full band commitment on this song, and they they really created something wonderful here. Definitely one of my favorite Michael Schenker songs. And you guys know how much I hate to like rank thing or rank things or say like well, this song is so much better than that song or whatever, because in general, I don't care. But when I find that there's a song that I listen to over and over again, or sometimes I put on an album just to hear that song, um, that means that it's it's more in my upper ranks of songs because I want to listen to it that much. So when I say favorites, that's pretty much what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's, it's a great song. Love the backing vocals, too. I love the way uh, Gary supports his own vocal. I think he sounds really good with his own backups. And that's really important because not every singer does. Sometimes they sound a little too thin or, or too thick if their voice is maybe naturally thick. And uh, no, I think he sounds really, really good on this song. And and I just, again, I just feel so much passion coming out of him listening to this one. It's like it was just an incredibly personal story that was a recent event in his life. That's what I get out of it. Uh, But, you know, as I always say, that's just me. What you get out of it is what you get out of it. Check out the whole song, though. Seriously, give it a chance. It's it's a pretty incredible rock song. Um, Speaking of incredible rock songs, next up, we have The Dogs of War. Okay, I'm going to say the the thing I don't like about the song first, and that is that it starts almost exactly the same as the song before. It's just a quick couple of drum hits and then into the song. Um, I think if they were going to do that, they could have placed this song maybe a little later in the album, distance it from the other song that started almost exactly the same way. I think that would have been good. But a, a song, apart from the opening song wise, the placement is great. I mean, I, I love the song coming after i'm gonna make you mine i think that it really makes the album roll very well uh apart from that you know that couple of second intro uh this is a fun song i mean great bass work definitely great bass work from chris glenn i think it's one of his best on the album i just love the feel of the bass i love the sound he's getting too pretty sure he's playing this one with a pick because it feels like those notes are a little bit more hard-edged than playing finger um but it, it definitely sounds fantastic Again, it's a, it, we didn't get to this part, but it's another one where there's some great harmonies from uh, Gary Barden. But the the real sell on this song for me is the guitar. I mean, the way that it just fills in all the spaces, you know, it's always doing something different, but it's it's keeping it moving and interesting. And it's like, Michael just has this really interesting way about filling in the background. You know, he's not a lazy guitarist by any means, at least I don't think so. I think that he's, he's always doing something different, always something creative. There's typically an extra layer or two in there where he's doing some just effects or some cool notes or whatever. Um, I really like the slight flange on the guitar. I think it's just enough to not be overkill. And that is a real fine line sometimes. But on those those little solo parts, um, there's there's just a gentle flange in there that I'm hearing, which is really nice. Um, But I love his his sound. I think the opening solo could have been slightly louder. But apart from that, uh, just another great sound. And it's a good tempo too. you know, it's it's a big story to tell, you know, when you're talking about war, but. It's like if the tempo was a little faster, I don't think it would work as well. I think they found just the right lane to put this song in. And uh, I think it's, it's another great song on this album. Um, next up is another one of my favorites. This one features keyboards a little bit more, and it is called Systems Failing. So as you can hear some really nice keyboard work there from Andy Nye, um, another great vocal and another, you know, passionate one. I love I love Gary's range. Um, I think this is a song where he really gets to show it off a little bit more. And, uh, and and again, just sounds fantastic. He's so believable as a singer. And and what I mean by that is that you really, you know, he's another one where you really feel the story is as is a real thing. It's a situation that he's lived or is living while he's stopping and taking a moment to tell you about it. Uh and I love that. You know, I have complimented Graham uh on that several times because it's so important. Sometimes singers just sing the song, you know, and it's just like, here are the words. Okay. I don't I don't necessarily feel the story, but you know, you get guys like, you know, Graham or or Gary uh, or Bernie from Uriah Heap where you just you just really feel like these are real moments that they've that they're just, you know, regurgitating to you with with all the emotion that that they felt when they experienced them and and that is so important um and it doesn't matter what style of music that really makes a difference maybe not so much punk um there's probably a couple styles out there where it's not a hugely important thing but i i would say they're they're very much on the minimum i mean pop country even rap it, it doesn't matter like the 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 believability of the vocalist is so vital to a song working um unless they're meant to be sort of catatonic or something when they sing it. There's, you know, some songs from the 80s like that. But this this singer is just, you know, he he really knows how to tell a story and he does such a great job on everything I've heard him do. Uh, even his solo album, which were kind of um, unplugged, watered down versions of a lot of the Michael Shanker songs. Um, but Systems Failing is it's a great song. Uh, another great guitar song. Um, the bass is a little less... Uh, prominent in this one. I mean, you definitely would notice it if it wasn't there, but it's not really standing out to me. For me, it's really the keyboards and the vocals on this one. But a great song, nonetheless, and another one I've listened to many, many times. Um, and even when you have a great singer, when you have great musicians, sometimes you just you just write an instrumental. And sometimes there's just no room for vocals or no need for vocals. And this is a great example of that. This one is called Captain Nemo. One thing I think is pretty consistent about the majority of Michael's instrumentals is that everybody kind of gets a chance to shine, even though he's the primary. I mean, it's a rock band. He's the guitar player. That's the way it often goes. But I kind of feel like everybody gets their their moments or, or at least the part that they're playing is a little more outstanding than what they might in a vocal driven song. Um, I love what Ted McKenna plays on drums here. I love switching to the ride. Uh, That's a lot of fun. It's a fun beat to play as a drummer, I can say. Um, I love the bass on this song. It's fantastic. But what really gets me on this one is just Michael's precision. I mean, when you really listen closely to what he's playing, it's just so perfect. Um, And I love the sound. I love how even in those mid and higher registers that he sounds really chunky you know, you, you get the distortion there too, which is, is uh kind of nice. It's not too much. It's not, not enough. It's, it's really a good spot. It gives him a very unique sound. If anything, I would say maybe a little more reverb because the, the guitar does seem a little bit dry to me, but apart from that, yeah, another fantastic song. And this, this one's a real adventure, you know, as it goes on, it goes into a couple of different parts. And then the end of it is just, it all just culminates in this big ending part that I I just absolutely love. And that to me is, is one of those things where you hear how big the ending is. You just want to go back and hear it again so that you can appreciate that ending once more. Uh, a very powerful song, one of his best instrumentals, I would say. Um, and wow, that is uh, a little more than the first half of the album already. That's five songs. There's only nine. So let's get to the next one. Still love that little devil and who doesn't? Another song that starts out with just the, you know, the bass and snare drum, but this time they've added a little organ synth sound to it. So, you know, huge change. That's like three songs out of six that we've listened to so far that have basically the same introduction. Um, You know, these are really creative guys. That's, That's the only thing I think that disappoints me on this album is that there weren't maybe some different intros mix it up a little bit more. Um, But they are what they are. You know, Um, that's they work. I guess I just would like a little more variety because I know that these guys can can do it. I mean, they're all very, very creative and talented musicians. Uh, But the song, it's a little higher of a register for Gary on this one, but it's it doesn't sound like it's uncomfortable or awkward. Um, I really like this. We were just about to get into the chorus uh, when we hit our minute. But uh, that seems to happen a lot with Michael. It's like his intros are right about a minute through the first verse and then we, we miss the chorus. But um, it's it's a, another nice harmony. It's a real powerful one considering the, the register is a little bit higher for Gary. Um, but I love those little things that Michael throws in. You know, it's a lot of times those just extra few notes on another track can make a really big difference. And uh, he's he's really good at that. He's really good at layering and finding those moments, you know, to add just a little bit more excitement or a little more spark to a song. Um, But this is another one that that I really like this. I always had a hard time singing it because it was it's not that it was above where my register used to be. It just sat in a lane that was just not comfortable for me. Like I could sing below it and I could sing above it, but right in this lane, I always had a hard time. So I, I had to sing it an octave lower, but it was, it it's a fun song. I mean, it's just a fun song. And you know, the, no matter what this person does, you just, you still can't get enough of them. It's, it's uh, a, a classic tale really. Uh, but a fun one, and and there's you know some great some more great work from Michael in it, and um, yeah, just another another song I I really like. And I mean, there isn't a single song in this album that I'm not a big fan of, obviously. So as we round down to the last third of the album, this one's called Red Skies. <laughs> love that drum beat it's kind of a gallop but not quite uh i if i remember right towards the light, later part of the song it does turn into a little bit more of a gallop but it, it's like a, a half gallop almost um I mean, if you have like a three-quarter size horse i don't know but it's uh, it's a great beat you know it moves it really uh drives the song i think a little more so than the guitar does uh at least in that section but it's another great riff from Michael. I mean, he's he's definitely a rock guitarist. There's no doubt about that. I, I know he had to have had some classical influences based on some of his writing, but he's definitely a, a rock guitarist, no doubt about it. Um, this is back more in the the range that I like to hear Gary, and it's nice to hear him sing in the upper ranges a little bit now and then, but this is like where I really enjoy his voice the most, where he feels the most comfortable for me. And... Um, definitely a great guitar song there's some really good playing uh, as the song progresses and and going into the end section of the song um just another this is another one of those songs where you like you want to follow it into the fade because there's cool stuff happening you really kind of don't want it to end you know it's got such a great beat to to it and and that feel the pulse of it it's all there you know all the elements are there so it's one of those that you just want to chase into the fade and not quite give up just yet just because the band didn't let you hear beyond what they where they faded out uh but definitely a good song and and an excellent addition to this album um this one this next one time waits uh for no one is probably the one that if i skip a song it's probably going to be this one because i really love walk the stage and sometimes i just want to hurry up and get to that one so sometimes i'll skip time waits it's kind of a A a pretty straightforward song. Let's give it a bit of a listen. It's not that it's a bad song because it's not. I mean, it's a nice shuffle. Um, it's a little slow for a second to the end of the album. Um, things that they'd want to pick up the momentum a little bit. But uh, it's it's just a pretty simple, straightforward song. I think that um, Michael's guitar is just a little bit loud in the rhythm on this one. And those screechy notes that we heard just before the, that clip faded out, um, I think are just uh, maybe a little bit over the top for me. Um and I also I I don't like Gary's voice as much when he tries to sing in that lower register. And they put a little bit of flange on there to sweeten it. But yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of of dropping down that low. Uh John Matola, I know if you're listening, you're probably thinking Place in Line from Deep Purple's Who Do We Think We Are album. Kind of the same thing. Um I just I just don't like that that drop down. Um I like the rest of the vocals on it, but that that part right there I'm just not a huge fan of. It's a decent song. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, it's it's a nice shuffle. And uh, every, you know, every rock album should have a shuffle on it somewhere. But um, yeah, you know, um, not my favorite. I'll, I'll just say that. It's not a bad song, but not my favorite. Uh, this last song is one of my favorites, though. And this is called Walk the Stage. Rock Will Never Die was the other title of the song. Um, I'm not sure which one was US and which one was Europe, but uh yeah, so there's Walk the Stage and Rock Will Never Die are the same song. Um this is a great song. Uh it's pretty epic. It goes through a lot of ups and downs. It'll pick up, it'll drop back down, pick up, drop back down. The end is just a, a flurry of uh really galloping drums and uh and guitars and Um, it just, it just really culminates in something pretty emotional, even though it's, it's more on the musical side than it is the lyrics at the end, but it's, it's a great story. It's about being on stage and, um, the, the vocals are, are once again, delivered in a way that makes you feel like this is something he's experienced and maybe it is a true story. I don't know, but just the passion. I think this is one of the most passionate songs I've heard from Gary. Uh, this, and, um, I'm going to make you mine probably on this album are the ones that I would consider the two most passionate, even though they're all good. Um, but it's, it's just that, you know, you get pumped up because there's this, that belief that it is in you and you can find it. You can get out there and do this. You can live your dream and, and all that. And, and this is always going to be there for you because rock is not going anywhere and it never will. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool song and and just the ups and downs that it goes through, the the way it picks up and then drops back down to something like we heard at the beginning and then back up and back down again. And the, the culmination at the end just really makes it an, an epic track, I would say, and a great track to end the album with. Um, I was trying to think if I had heard a live version of this and I don't think I have. I haven't heard a whole lot of Michael Schenker live. Uh, if I did, it's it's really not standing out to me. But being that it's about being on stage and that sort of thing, it, it could be interesting to hear a live version of this, uh, even though we all know how I feel about live albums. So uh, that is Built to Destroy, guys. A fantastic album, you know, nine excellent songs and uh, a lot of great writing, a lot of great performances on this one, for sure. If you're a fan of rock music, give this one a shot. You know, seriously, you know, sit down and listen to the whole thing and and see if it strikes your fancy, because it's it's definitely an album that's worth giving a spin to, if not many, many as I have over the years. And of course, you know, this was an album from my youth. So I have a lot of great memories associated with it. And there's the the nostalgia factor. But the fact is, from the first time I heard it, I just loved it and have been have listened to it many times since. I mean, you don't get nostalgia built in with something unless you've experienced something extreme or like a Christmas, you know, where it's like a really strong memory, or you've had a lot of repetitive experience with something. And usually with music, it's stuff you like. So you listen to it over and over again. Um, you know, I have sung along with it. I've played it in the car. I've played it at home. I've drummed to a lot of these songs. Uh, just, just a great rock album overall. So check it out built to destroy by the Michael Group from 1983, but just proves that music is timeless. We will see you guys in the next episode. I hope you have a great week. Cheers.